Good evening and welcome to a very special edition of 40 Issues of Football. This is our uh, ACL Challenge podcast. The challenge being trying to get six people uh, on as guests from five different countries. It's going to be interesting uh, and hopefully it will work and you guys will all think, wow, that's the greatest podcast on the ACL by 40 Issues of Football this year. Will, will it beat the Dan Harris one? Nothing will beat Dan Harris. Until Dan Harris, the sequel. <laughs> Until Dan Harris, the sequel, yeah. Which might come before Martin Rennie, the prequel. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so obviously the intro music there was uh, status quo and rocking all over the world. Because we are coming to you live from five different countries, or well, six different countries, including Korea. Yep. So we are, we're going to have some people coming on, uh, pretty much talking about every, every country in the East Asian uh, group stages. So we'll have someone from Thailand. Someone from Japan, someone from Australia, China, Vietnam, and apparently there's an expert from Korea coming in as well. I think she's just arrived. I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. Say hello. <laughs> no. It's uh, definitely not the two people who are going to be here for the re- and, ha- and have been here for a year anyway, yeah? We should say the last girl that came here actually lay, lay down on the floor just there and slept for two hours, so you're doing better than she is already. Um, yeah, I mean... I think it's a good job. We, we've been reviewing the, the preliminary rounds for the last couple of weeks. I think it's a damn good job we didn't get the Indian team or the Singaporean team qualifying. Otherwise, we'd have to, have to find a, an expert from there to talk about their football as well. Uh, I, I do have a Singaporean friend. Is he or she a football expert? Um, I, don't, I don't know. Her Facebook is just generally food. So maybe she's an expert on food. I have no idea. No idea. But I'm sure she couldn't be any worse than um, we are. Than we are. Talking about the Korean, yeah. So basically, just to give you a quick outline of the of the um, the podcast for tonight, everyone's going to basically we're going to talk a little bit about the each league, and chat a little bit about each team that's that's from that league and, and it's in the group. Uh, we'll look at things like the, maybe the formation that they play. Look at things like the star players, the players to watch out for, recent signings. Obviously, if it, when it comes to China, we'll look at maybe some of the big names, like the Martinezes and the Ramirezes and so on. Uh, we'll talk about like, where, where we think that they're going to end up in those group stages as well, uh, whether they're going to qualify from the group, whether they're going to be the Vietnamese team or not. Um, and we'll move on, maybe talk about even by the end, hopefully try and get predictions from everyone as to who they think will, will, will top the ACL at the end, at the end, we're about Halloween time, as it usually is, yeah? Yep. So, I guess without any further ado, let's kick off by in- introducing the guests. Paul, you want to take us through who's here? Okay. Alright, to talk about the Australian teams, we've got Tom. Hi, Tom. Hi, how are you? Not too bad, how are you? Good, good. Hi, Tom, how's things? Um, it's so good down here, like, um... The most recent news, like some uh, Wonders fan has been like um, seven players in the stadium. Yeah, we're going to ask that question later, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but like it's just kind of news, you know. I mean, like just uh, recently, just um, that's kind of been a hot issue within uh, the Australian football, and there's been some even like uh, national TV comedians like to make kind of fun of it, saying okay. like uh, Wonders fans can't set up the uh, flares when they got wrecked. So, um, something like that's all around here, so yeah, that's all about it. So, for the lowdown on China, we've got Sophia, who's a football commentator for Tencent, which is a big internet company in China. Hi, Sophia. Hello, everybody. I'm from China, and then now in the maybe holiday of the Chinese New Year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah, 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 
do something interesting to to so, to talk about uh, yeah so, ACL or CSL anything interesting in football. So as far as I know, your your yep. job is to do commentary on all the Chinese. The, the CSL games and the Asian Champions League games and the European Champions League games? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a pretty interesting job. Mm, maybe, uh, but I just commentate in, in Chinese. Chinese? <laughs> okay. In English, yeah. <laughs> if in English, it uh, would be, we'll be better. Maybe <laughs> my pronunciation would be better. <laughs> how many years, Sophia? How, how long have you been commentating? Uh, maybe three or four years. Wow. But, uh, yeah, but actually I, I do the journalist job mode. Yeah. Okay. I follow the Evergrande team and to uh, interview them or, and cover all the, the news about the Evergrande team. Yeah. Ah, okay, I see. I see. Uh, we've got Jamie here to give us his thoughts on the four Japanese entrants. How's things, Jamie? Good mate, nice to, nice to hear from you uh, after all this time. Thanks for having me on. No problem, no problem. It's been, it's been a long time since we all last met, I think. I think the last time was in Goyang. I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Uh, yeah. I have no idea that day. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know what you're referring to. Uh, I, think, I think we might have went to watch the game, but I think we ended up, uh, I think there was some boxing as well at one point. I well, again, for the, uh, you know, for my safety and, and, and for, for that of those involved, I think I'll, I'll decline to comment on that day. <laughs> 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 it was a it was a good one. It, it was a good one. So we understand that you're coming back to Korea soon. Indeed, I am, Philip. I'll be there on the, the first of June, coming to follow uh, Switzerland for a few games. Uh, going to see a few different games. Get to go to uh, Chungju. Um, get to go to Daegu. Um, back to Jamso, that sort of stuff. So I'm looking forward to getting back. So how long are you up for? I'll be in Korea for about two and a half weeks. So for the first uh, first of June, right over to the 18th. So I'm sure I'll catch up easy when I'm when I'm when I'm back over. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be going to Goyang or something like that. We can go to there. Actually, Butchon, and uh, certainly won't be near Goyang. I can promise you that much. There's a game in Butchon. There is indeed. I am going to see Butchon. Uh, I think it's the 10th. I think I'm sure. Don't ask me why I'm putting myself through that, but but I'm heading back through to see the boys again, right? So we did my second favourite team in Korea. So I might I might join you that day. Absolutely, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, the invite is open. Sweet, sweet. Lyle's taken time off cheering on the borough to give us some insight on Bururam's chances this year. Hi, Lyle. Evening, gentlemen. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Warm. Relaxed. <laughs> you know, it's been snowing here all day today. <laughs> it's uh, freezing over here. It's Baltic. Absolute brass monkeys. Yeah, I miss Seoul. I really do, lads. Yeah, I'm sure you do, mate. I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> you miss the Diablos, that's what you miss. Of course. The weather you can take a loop. <laughs> and last but not least, we've got Bill. Uh, his Twitter handle is at SoccerVietnam, and he's going to try and convince us that Bin Dong are going to do more than make up the numbers. Hi, Bill. Hi, guys. Hi, Bill. How's things? Good, thanks. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Thanks for coming on as well, thank you. I know it's probably pretty late over there, so so, so thank you very much. Well, it's later here, to be honest. <laughs> okay, my time difference is not my forte. <laughs> as the guy that's calling in from the UK will know. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, how, how long have you been in Vietnam? I've uh, been over in five years now, living in Hanoi. Uh, <clears throat> so you support TNT for the most part? Yeah, I'm a TNT fan, yes. But you didn't come over to Korea last week to, to watch them get pumped again. No, no, I opted to go on a holiday because it's, it's New Year here, so I took oh, a holiday okay. instead. 
Yeah, it was, it was New Year here as well, so yeah. But uh, the bus, it doesn't really explain why there was only about 10,000 at the Pohang game. I, th- I thought it even was that. But anyway, okay, cool. And so where are you from? Bill, back home. I'm uh, from Hertfordshire, just, uh, just north of London. So that means you're obviously an Arsenal or a Tottenham fan, or maybe Man United. Yeah, well, I'm Stevenage Borough fan, actually. Fantastic. Stevenage Borough, who are they? <laughs> <laughs> I know them well, Bill, I know them well. <laughs> oh, everybody does. Okay, cool. Okay, so I think everyone's here, everyone's online, everyone's ready. In that case, yeah, let's get started. Firstly, we're going to have a brief chat about each league. I reckon we should start with the A-League, because that's already underway. Tom? How is the A-League? I mean, th- th- I know you've been following it for a couple of years now. Like, do you think it's a, it's a good league? Is it, I mean, like, compared to the K-League, do you, do you think it's like a pretty decent league, or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, in terms of um, the um, A-League is uh, well-backed by the whole the sporting nation of... Um, I mean, like, the, Australia is a sporting nation, mm. and... Um, Hold a uh, crowd uh, ready to support um, another sports team, and also luckily to um, Australia, unlike uh, Korea, the uh, major sports has a different time of the year to okay. just play all season. So um, they are actually benefited by the all the infrastructures of all the, the major sports in Australia has. So um, now A League is moving forward with the making all the kind of um, derbies and all the rivalries out there. Mm-hmm. So I think like there are more uh, possibilities, and currently it still makes some issues on the national newspapers and such. So I think it's very fr- bright future at, um, in front of, and also now it's it's still sparklingly curious. Okay, like uh, the big thing, the, the big news from today was that Tim Cahill has been released by Shanghai. Uh, so he's now with a club. Do you think he'll go to the A League, or do you think he'll? I mean, I like, mean he- if you ask like the. Um, 10 A-League fans, then 10 out of 10 gonna uh, say like the senior FC gonna just try to, um, you know, catch him up because like the, their famous, um, the, the nickname is like the Bling FC, like the, okay. group, like, um, the famous players and with a lot of money, but I think like the listen, um, the two or three years that has been changed after Del Piero's gone, so, um, the team is not. Uh, I, I'm. I'm not sure. Like the Sydney FC have an, uh, any idea or money to chase the um, the team K Hill, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if he go to anywhere else in the world. To be honest, because okay. um, currently the A League is pretty packed. With um, most of the team has set their um, marquee player okay. to play with the whole season. So um, I'm not sure. Um, there's a, still a possibility because the A-League have an interesting um, some uh, rules okay. that um, he can be a guest player okay. play for uh, maybe some of the A-League team for only 10 games a season. Okay, sweet. So, um, yeah, that, that could be a kind of possibility because um, that has happened to the Sydney FC a few okay. years ago. Like, they brought some uh, Australian national players like um, the defenders. Um, I forgot his name anyway. It's like, but, yeah, it means like he didn't do well, but... Yeah. Anyways, you can do that. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so Tom, they can. I mean, obviously, the um, ACL that were uh, sorry, the, the um, A League that were 19 games in now. They uh, yeah. the ACL. You know, you've got Sydney FC and you've got Melbourne Victory. Yeah. The, how how are those two teams performing um, in the in the, in the A League so far? The currently, A League is pretty interesting, like in terms of um, the top um, six teams, which is like the it still has a top six playoffs. 
and top six teams are kind of very uh, narrow um, the point gaps between them. Mm-hmm. So um, if you see the ladder at this moment, like the victory sits at fifth and Sydney sits at um, sixth, mm-hmm. but um, it's just a few weeks ago like the victory was top and Sydney was chasing him up, uh, ch- chasing them up like a third or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, it's um, pretty uh, tight league at this moment, and they're pretty doing like uh, roller coasters, like they're doing this week good and week in week okay. out. It's kind of that, yeah. Okay. Like, so as so you're talking there about you know about a, a bit of being a bit of a roller coaster league, yeah. Like yep. obviously Western Sydney Wanderers have been in the the, the ACL, you know, like the last couple of years, but this year. Yes. Kind of last season, I guess they failed to qualify. But they, this year, they're doing well in the A League again. They, what do you think was the reason for them being so poor last year? The last year was like the, they were in the transition time, to be honest. Because um, like um, since they won the Asian Champions League, they mm. lost their players to the other A League clubs, other Chinese teams, and all the other overseas clubs. And then, then eventually they lose some um, their core players, and then that's what the Tony Popovich couldn't just make the Western Sydney Wonders working as before. Mm-hmm. So um, I think uh, he needs just another, another whole season to take the team to work as it should be. But um, still, now as I said before, it's not as um, strong as much as before. But still, they um, um, finally they um, form some kind of team now because. Mm-hmm. Last season, Wonders was pretty horrible and yeah. also lack of luck as well. So um, yeah, now um, it's uh, they're um, back onto the orbit. Yeah, that's it. It's not much than that. Okay. Okay. So as you mentioned at the start, yeah. Um, obviously, like Wonders are in a bit of uh, hot water over the over the flares. They, what actually happened? And well, what's your opinion on it as well? They, I mean, so, so they, what did happen there? I think like um, I, I started to be honest. I started to watch the um, A leagues about like um, six years ago, mm-hmm. and um, since then um, I can't just erase this in, uh, from my mind that the Australian society and Australian police want to um, criminalize the um, the A league fans and soccer fans because um, they've been scared of the news they mm-hmm. heard from the Europe and other parts of the world. And also, um, um, it's, uh, it's 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 funny. Like if you see the kind of news, I was I was in the um, for example, like the three years ago, I was in the Sydney Derby happening in Parramatta, mm. and on the way back home, I was in the the platform of the the train station of Parramatta, and uh, there were some kind of um, you know always like you know the, some wondrous fans and Sydney FC fans like have some ferns like to chanting each other mm. like some banters mm. and swearing words exchange it, and that was it. And the next day, the uh, Daily Telegraph and some other the infamous some um, the press and talking about like that there was some fight between the Sydney FC fans and Western Sydney Wonders fans, which is not obviously not. And um, that kind of thing still goes on and on and on. And now I think the flair the, um, is the target, mm-hmm. main target of everyone. And FFA, it's uh, well known as like the, they never cover up the fan nor nor the players. Mm-hmm. So um, they say they will gonna be like very harsh against any kind of flare activity, mm-hmm. and that's how the Wind Wonders got a three points deducted from their yeah <laughs> the points, which okay. is, seems very <laughs> um, ridiculous to okay. be honest. Okay, okay, sweet. 
Sweet. Um, and so, like, in terms of, I mean, obviously, like, we're, we've been talking there about the uh, A-League, you know, now we're going to kind of, like, move on and look at, at, at the ACL in uh, general, yeah? Yep. Uh, how is the ACL perceived in Australia? Is it an important tournament, or is it just a kind of sideshow to the A-League? Um, it's a bit of, um, similar to K-League, I mean, um, um, you know, the, I heard guys in K-League, like, the, the, their, um, the view of ACL has been changed since the John Book wanted, like, to 2006, because they noticed, like, that there's some kind of good prize out there, and uh, since Wanderers won it, like, the A-League, um, the teams understood, like, this is pretty big competitions, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of prizes out there, but the thing is, um, the first is like the fixture is not uh, really good for um, A-League teams because like we are in, in the Southern Hemisphere, so which means like we're gonna do the um, the playoffs and all the kind of uh, very important games when the uh, ACL starts, and also um, you know the teams always change it um, after the regular season is over, so which means like um, mm. the A-League teams couldn't um, keep the uh, consistency as a team. Okay, um, yeah. um, in the middle of ACL campaign because A-League uh, season has been changed. And also, um, there's a lot of teams out there in the East Asia who compete against the A-Leagues in the group stage has a lot more budget than A-League has. Okay. And A-League has a salary cap, you know? So, um, it's, it's, it's something like we wish to do something well, but at the same time, we, you know, like, not really good at it. Okay. So, we accept the kind of... Um, this kind of a fact, but still, yeah, we're dreaming to win it again, like okay. uh, Wonder State, yeah. Okay, so um, are the matches televised? Uh, televised, so not just the the ones involving Australian teams, but you know, for example, uh, John Book versus uh, Jiangsu. Like, will that game be televised in in Australia, or is it just the the Australian teams? Uh, just Australian, Australian teams, because like Australian sports TVs are pretty like strict to the um, contract. Mm -hmm. Like they got a contract with the FFA, because the A League is not a uh, separate from the FFA. Okay. So FFA got a kind of deals with the kind of live matches of the A League. All of all the all live matches are the live matches on the TV, and also for the ACL games of A League teams once. But unfortunately, not the other teams. One is like on TV. But um, I know, like the um, A League fanatics, still like, try to find the link online to see watch the game. Okay. The other um, the league's teams, yeah. Okay, and in terms of, I mean, they obviously Australia is kind of really far away from you know the, the other nations. Uh, do you think yes. they uh, does that uh, does that distance have an impact? Let's say first of all on Australian teams being away from home. So do you think it has an um, impact on the performance? Obviously that's true, because, um, yeah, you know, like, um, in the start of um, ACL campaign down here, it's all summer, and um, the A-League teams has got a way, it's going to be like the spring or very, um, you know, like very cold weather, which is totally different from Australia's one, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's going to be the same to the um, away teams as well, so uh, it's not really um, big, um, um, as long as like the competition is home and away, it's not really a big um, uh -huh. say, dis disadvantage. So okay. I think it's pretty fair. Um, not only Aussie teams has dis disadvantage, it is shared. 
Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I know that you're a big fan of uh, Scottish football as well, Tom. Uh, and yeah. they, they, back in Europe, they we talk about the continental hangover. So, you know, if, for example, Celtic are playing a game midweek and then they play a game at the weekend, uh, the, the idea is that they're not going to be as strong, that they might lose that game. Does that impact on the, on the A-League as well? So do you think, for example, teams coming back from Korea, when they play on the weekend, are they, they, are they noticeably more tired? Yeah, that's um, what it's supposed to be, and um, usually it happens. And um, but it, it has no name on it yet. Like um, I think it's uh, one of the reflections of like the, how the uh, ACL has covered by the uh, Australian media. But um, yeah, it doesn't have any name, but everybody knows like the, you know at least like um, at least six hours of flight gonna affect them. So. Um, you know, the nearest away of ACL might be um, if any teams from Singapore or Thailand are coming up to the same group stage with the Australian teams. And it usually takes like the seven to eight hours flight. Mm -hmm. So okay. um, it's obviously going to affect the kind of players' performances after the uh, ACL. So we, we know that there are two Australian teams in the group stage, but obviously there's a third Australian team that was in the preliminary stage, uh, which was Adelaide. And they yes. crashed out at home to Shandong, the only home team to lose in the whole preliminary stage. What was the reaction to that like in Australia? Um, it's something like I just described previously. Like everybody in Australia knows that um, the Chinese teams has put a lot of money into their squad, and it's uh, one of them. Like Shandong was too, you know, too um, nice. I mean, like too um, have a fabulous squad um, compared to the Adelaide, mm. and Adelaide has been like. Um, been famous for um, the counter attack um, in the league and in the ACL as well in a few years, but um, this time the Shandong was better team simply, okay. and uh, Adelaide has been a bit chopped. And also, you regarding that Shandong's imports wasn't at full conditions uh, because it's kind of a pre-season to the CSL team, I guess. So uh, we are middle of the season, and Adelaide was. But um, couldn't um, get any points out of um, the game against them, so I feel like yeah, that's how the um, the Chinese team um, ahead of um, Australian teams in terms of uh, squad. Okay, I didn't see the game, but like I heard that Adelaide missed a penalty with like five minutes left. Yeah. Yeah, but um, to be honest, it's not surprised. Like sometimes you see the um, the games like that, a lot of pressures in the players, yeah. so they didn't make it. Like in, if they were late, they could. They, they would have made it, but um, it's a playoff, like the one mistake gone, you know, yeah. take cost the whole the competition. So I think like um, it wouldn't be a surprise like that somebody just missed that. Okay, okay, so yeah. Of course, there are other teams dreaming of glory too. Thailand and Vietnam had a couple of a couple of teams in the preliminary stages. Um, Hanoi did a little bit better than last year because they only lost three 0 but they still crashed out. Um, how was that taken in Vietnam? With Hanoi crashing out, I mean, it was expected. I think. I mean, probably the few fans that actually watched it on TV would have seen there was a bit of a chance to, get, to, to, to nick something there because they did ride their luck a bit. But honestly, it was it was expected, and I think most people are just looking forward to the B League starting next week. Yeah. The TNT. Yeah. If you think about it, like the other two teams, you know, that were in the playoffs, yeah, uh, Muang Thong, yeah. Chonburi. They, I mean, Chonburi particularly were kind of destroyed by by FC Tokyo. I think it was like nine 0 like, it, it was. But are those two teams like significantly worse than Buriram? Or do you well, think I it's mean, I mean, 
you've not got to forget that Chonbury got in through the back door. I mean, uh, Southernbury failed to uh, follow the requirements for the AFC on the stadium. Mm-hmm. So they've come in from the back door. But I mean, I think that you know they might have had FC Tokyo haven't been the best team in the last five ten years. Um, they're starting to get a little bit better now. But you know, don't forget that Chonbury lost out narrowly to Kashima last year. Yeah. Too. Um, but they were they were played off the park. Um, there was no doubt about it. But certainly Monton. Um, they'd hold, held their own against um, the uh, Shanghai S- SIPG for what 44 minutes. Yeah. Let in, let in the, let in the goal just before half time. But you know, with signings like Guy and Ellickson and, and Conga, what do you expect? Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a difficult game to, to win, and especially away from home. So, you know, Mong Tong they did all right, but Chambery, uh, I don't think it was their their season to try and get into the uh, group stages. Okay. Um, how how do you think that Chonburi defeat has? I mean, how has it been received in, in in Thailand? I mean, has it been received as the embarrassment that, that it was, or do you think it's been kind of softened a little bit? Well, I, I mean, if you're a Buriram United fan, you're delighted when it, when it, when a team fouls up and especially has nine goals scored against them away from home. But I think overall, you know, you speak to most of the supporters here and, it, and and the answer to that is, well, it doesn't really help our rankings in the ACL. Mm, okay. That's, that's, that's the big problem for them. If I remember right, Mong Tong got, got through because their goalkeeper saved three penalties in the previous... Uh, that's right. Quarter, yeah? Against the Malaysian team. Against the Malaysian team, yeah. Malaysian is that? Team. By all accounts, uh, you know, after the 120, mi- 120 minutes, Mong Tong were the better side. Mm. Uh, and I think what got them over the uh, over the goal line was was the uh, support they had. They had hellish support that night. Uh, and I think um, Paul had, had sent me an article through earlier today, which was talking about the you know, the atmosphere that the Thai teams generate, especially at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I think you know it's the extra man, as they always say. And, and you know they were well, they're a well supported team then, Buriram, and, and you know teams that have even gone down this season, like um, uh, Thai Port. You know they're, they're very well supported with their ultras over here, and and you know it, it, it does work to their advantage as an extra man. I think you, m- you mentioned earlier about the the article by John Durden, and I think yes. his, his point was that based on watching the the game between uh, the Thai team and the Malaysian team, and the, the fervent support that they had, plus the fact that these teams only get to play one or two games a year before they get knocked out. He was saying they should be awarded more direct spots into the groups. What, what do you think about that? I think it's a fair point. I mean, that's what happens in UEFA. Uh, it's all done on what you do on a pitch as opposed to what your organisation and your professionalism team do on the background off the pitch. Um, but sadly, I mean, there's no getting away from the fact that the Thai FA in particular and also the Thai Premier League, it's it's, it's in the doldrums. You know, there's a new uh, FA president just been appointed. Uh, FIFA have been involved with the norm- normalisation committee over the last, what, three or four months. Uh, there's been suspensions of the original president. And and sadly, uh, the likes of the AFC are always going to look at the the manner and the politics in which the, 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 the leagues run. Um, and sadly, you can't get away from that. And until, you know, FIFA's been looked into, we all know about that, and the set bladder, until Thailand gets that sorted out... Um, I can't really see of any way they're going to give extra spots to Thai teams like Montong and Buriram United, and you know even you know the Chomburis and the, the Bangkok Glasses of this world. It's it, it's it's very difficult, and I think if they do 
try and change it. Um, I think you'll end up with a massive bun fight as to how we're going to develop the, the, the Champions League for, for these teams. So a difficult question to answer and a, and a, and a political one from the, from the tie end, I think. But, I mean, if, if Chonburi had gone straight into the group stages, uh, they, there's, there's a chance they would have got sort of on their three away games, they would have beaten, been beaten five to nine nil three times. Presumably, they'd done a little bit better at home. But was there any? Would there be any benefit to them playing those games, those six games? Well, I think it's always it's always going to improve a team, isn't it? I mean, I remember when Middlesbrough went in the in the UEFA Cup, you know, and and they, they started off first year and they, they were all right, and second year they got better. Mm-hmm. The next thing, the third year later, they're in the they're, they're in the uh, the final. I know, and so. You know, slightly different uh, complexions of the football teams, but you know, once teams start doing well, doing well in the ACL, then you know, there's a little bit more investment that's put into the team, and and I think that's probably what the issue is. You know, the lack of investment from the teams, you know, not your Bury Ram Uniteds and your, your Montontani. Just coming back to the the Champions League on the whole, um, are most of the matches televised in Thailand? Is it just the, 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 the matches involving Thai teams or generally the, the major matches overall? No, it's just, just the Thai teams, Paul. Okay. And the, well, in, in terms of actually, I mean, the, you've, you've lived in Korea, Lyle, as we, as we discussed earlier, so that you've kind of experienced the, the idea that if, you know, if LG Twins are playing Dusan Bears, that, that's on every single station. Uh, is there a competitive sport like that in, in Thailand or is it all about football? It is all about football, thankfully. I mean, you know, again, it goes back to that article that Paul sent through to me today. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, you've got a baseball team on and that's it. They're all going to sit there and watch baseball. But here, everybody tunes in. It's it's free to wear. Uh, and, you know, all the, the team, especially Buriram, have got a fantastic following. So it, it's, it's not people just sat at home. It's everybody gets round and sits there and cheers them on and... Generally speaking, people will cheer on Buriram even if they're a you know, FC port, Thai port t- uh, supporter or um, you know John uh, mm. uh supporter. And, and the Thais like to push for their own, you know, their own countrymen and, 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 and yeah. see them doing well. So, Bill um, Lyle there was saying that the, he thinks that the Thai team should get more space spaces in the group stage of the Champions League based on their their performance. Um, from a, a point of view of Vietnam, would you agree with that, or do you think Vietnam teams are still a bit, a bit, a stage below, a bit weaker? To be honest, I'd probably say they're, they're not quite ready. One team, I think, having Bin Zung in there is okay at the moment because they they done okay last season. They got four points, but you can see the result for TNT last week at Pohang. They, they kind of lost quite convincingly, and then the year before they got thrashed seven nil. There is quite a gap between. Yeah, the Vietnamese team stepping up into the ACL, I think. So I'm not sure if they're quite ready. Okay. You got four points last year. They, uh, you got a draw at, at home to John Book. Was that something that you, that at that point in time, was like a really surprising result? Because John Book had already beaten you 3 0 like in the first leg or the first game. Was that, was they getting a one each draw? Was that something that was really surprising? It was a surprise, actually, yeah. It was a, it's a good performance and um, it, it, it did come as quite a surprise as well to a lot of the fans out here and um, it, it really sort of boosted you know, Vietnamese fans' perception of the participation in the, in the, in the uh, Champions League because 
they're very much the minnows and the seen as the whipping boys a bit at this stage just like you know only been in it a couple of years okay. that was a great great result for them okay and so they do you think that the the acl is important to vietnamese football fans or do you think that there is a lack of interest because you know, of results like 7-0 to FC Seoul, 3-0 to Pohang, like in the playoffs, or do you think they're becoming more interested in it, as you said? No, I still think it lacks a bit of interest because there's not a lot of hope to get through. A couple of years ago, TNT were in the, uh, the AFC, the lower-ranked competition. You know, when they're winning games, the fans want to go, the attendances are up a little bit, and there's you know, an actual chance of progressing. Whereas in the Champions League, we know we're going to play Kitchy, TNT play Kitchy, beat Kitchy, went through to face Pohang, and everyone was like, "Yeah, okay, we're not going to, we're not going to get any further." And they even actually sent quite a young team out there. There was yeah. four or five young guys playing, so it's not taken too seriously, I don't think, okay. at the moment by the fans. But they like, they do like to see when now when these, when these bigger Asian teams come to play Bin Zung, like it does spike a bit of interest. Okay, they, I actually watched that uh, Pohang Hanoi game, uh, and there was a, a little bit of like kind of scrapping on the pitch at one point between Samson, I think his name is, uh, and one of the Korean players. Like, is that something because you think that Hanoi believed they had a chance, or do you think it was just kind of maybe temperatures sort of boiling over naturally in the game? I mean, I watched the game as well, and I think the TNT rode their luck quite yeah. <laughs> a lot early on. And you know, to go in at half time one nil, I think they started to believe that they could, they could, they could nick something. Yeah. Okay. Especially players like Samson and and uh, Gonzalo, who was playing. He's a striker, but he was playing central defence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. These guys would hold their own in in, in the Thai league as well, and they we actually played Mantong from Thailand two years ago in the Champions League qualifying, lost, and Samson actually got sent off in the mm. game for scrapping. Okay. Um, so maybe some. Some, Sorry. Maybe it's a normal thing for Samson then, yeah? Got a bit of form, has he? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, got, it's got a little bit of form, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. But I do think that the team, they grew into that game. They realised yeah. they were still in it when maybe they shouldn't have been. And they, they, they got a few good chances towards it in the second half. Yeah, definitely, yeah. There's definitely an improved performance on last year when they got absolutely thrashed by Seoul. Yeah, I mean, last year was great. I should remember Samson from, from last year as well. I think he was running around like a headless chicken then as well, actually, at one point. But anyway... Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, Hanoi TNT are out now, and Bindong are straight into the group stages. Do many of the matches get shown on Vietnamese TV? Yeah, they'll all be on TV out here. J- just uh, the Vietnamese games, or the other main games as well? Oh, uh, just the Vietnamese games will be on, okay. and then on the cable channels, Fox Sport, and that will show the other games as well. Okay. But to be honest, they don't draw a lot of interest. I think the group, not until the later stages. Okay. Okay. Um, so for the past two years. Uh, it's been like the same two teams, you know, it's been like uh, Bindong straight into the, the group stage and Hanoi TNT in the playoffs, yeah? Uh, does yeah. that mean, is the, Vietnamese, is the Vietnamese league predictable? I mean, is it like, you know, like a one-horse race or is it a competitive league? It's, I mean, TNT and Binzung are the powerhouses. Binzung, their nickname is the Chelsea of Vietnam. Okay. They had invested in them and they do spend the money, they get the big players. And TNT, they've last two years they've sort of opted to promote youth players. Mm-hmm. And once it, the last season they took a while to get to get going, which is why they fell so far behind in the league. But then they went eleven games unbeaten, I think. And the rest, of the other teams, 
kind of there or thereabouts. They kind of threatened for about three quarters of the season. So Tang Hua, uh, Kuang Ning, they threaten and then they fade off a little bit. Okay. But it's, it's basically between two teams. Okay. And like I've heard recently that there's a kind of tie-up between the K-League and the Vietnamese League to kind of like help the Vietnamese League d- develop by showing K-League games on TV. Like, do you think, I mean, are fans interested in the K-League in Vietnam or...? Uh, they're, yeah, they're trying to increase that, that, that partnership between the, the two countries. And they're trying to, they, I, I think some representatives came over to work with the FA over here as well to try and professionalise the, the, the league here. I'm not sure if fans are really watching okay. much of the K-League because the, the obsession is the English Premier League and the Bundesliga. Yeah. That's what fans are watching. That's what we have in Korea as well, yeah. What, what are the crowds like in Vietnam for, for domestic games? Sort of home crowds and away crowds? Oh, well, crowds. I think the highest is Bin Zung and Huangang's are live, averaging just under 10,000. Okay. In terms of away fans, proximity depends. I mean, you might get four or five hundred when Hanoi play Haiphong, which is just like two hours away. Yeah. But average, average crowd in Hanoi is, is pretty small because they're a reasonably new club and it can be four or five thousand. Okay. Recently, um, Enshan United. Uh, and Korea have signed uh, a Vietnamese boy, he's like 20 years old, central midfielder. I'm just wondering, like, do you think that's something that we might see more of, is the Vietnamese players coming over to Korea, you know, as part of, you know, like that, that they kind of plus one Asian player? The guy's name is Luong Xuan Trong, and yep. last year he was playing for Huang An Gia Lai. So what is that Huang An Lai team, they actually, they're supported, they're backed by Arsenal, they've got an academy there backed by Arsenal. Oh wow. And this is the first group of players to come through the academy. Last season, they decided to basically get rid of the whole squad and just put the youth players in into the B League and see how they would fare. And they they, they played really good football, but they struggled with experience and they finished they only finished like fourth from bottom, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Swan Trong, he made the move, which surprised a few people. But also, two lads from the same team have now moved to Japan. Okay. Um, Kong Fong, who's the the brightest star basically coming out of Vietnamese football at the moment. He's joined Mito Hollyhook, Hollyhook in yeah. Japan, a J2. Yeah. And another lad whose name I can't remember at the moment, another young lad has gone to J League as well. So there's three players over there and everyone's quite excited about that. And I think it will, it's part of these partnership coaching agreements as well. Like the teams are coming over here for friendlies as well. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Of course, where the Thai teams and the Vietnamese teams kind of got hammered in those playoffs, that meant that there were uh, Japanese and Korean teams who were doing well. Um, Puang got through against Hanoi, TNT, and FC Tokyo obviously thrashed Chumburi. Uh, but if we can bring in Jamie here, Jamie, were FC Tokyo at all nervous about playing that playoff, or were they pretty confident? Chumburi gave a good account of themselves last season when they, when they played Kashiwari, so uh, they scored two goals away from home, uh, 3-2 that match finished to, 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 to Kashiwari, and Kashiwari, of course, eventually went through, but, um, you know, Chumburi, they looked like a decent outfit. As I mentioned, uh, Tokyo maybe didn't have the strongest starts the pre-season, but... Um, I, I don't know if I would say they were nervous, um, but certainly looking at the, you know, the times... The goals were scored. They scored one in the first five or six minutes, and then again, you know, before the tenth minute mark, they, they sort of seemed to take control of that game, you know, pretty quickly. Um, not the biggest of crowds uh, either, you know, ten thousand there. It's quite strange for if you talk to you know they've got quite a you know a dedicated uh, following. Um, 
maybe I wouldn't say they were nervous as such, but I think they thought they were in for a for more of a game there than they actually were. Uh, you know, nine 0 it's a bit ridiculous, really. You know, yeah. it's, it's not exactly indicating the most competitive of, of, of matches. I certainly don't think any Tokyo fan. I think a couple of the boys actually I was uh, talking to on Twitter were saying that that was the, the biggest victory in, in Tokyo FC Tokyo's history. Um, so I don't think anybody could ever imagine that in their uh, in the wildest dreams. But I think they'd have anticipated a, a bigger challenge certainly than, than you know than, than a nine zero uh, home win. Okay, just the other playoff team to talk about. So Sophia. Do you yeah. think were were Shandong confident when they played Adelaide? Mm. Do you think Shandong thought they would win, or do you think they were surprised? No, they are not surprised. They can win because because we we think that the the way the preliminary rounds work is that the team yeah. at home should be stronger. So, so actually, out, out of all the preliminary rounds, including India, Singapore, Malaysia, the only away team to win was Shandong. Every, every other time, the home team won. So I'm wondering if, if you thought that Shandong was definitely going to win against Adelaide? I think, because I, I thought different from the others, I, I think Shandong has the, the same chance, yeah, just because um, they can work working with each other and the corporations will be better than uh, Jiangsu okay. because we don't change many players this year. In, in the eyes of Chinese fans, is the ACL the major competition or do they, they focus on the, the Chinese Super League? I think the Chinese Super League is, uh, is more important than ACL. <laughs> okay. Um, in in China, are the ACL matches are they on television? Yeah, of course. Yeah, J- just the ones featuring Chinese teams, or all the other all the other matches as well. Not only the Chinese teams, mm-hmm. and the other maybe uh, some important opponents uh, games they will also put it on the TV show. Yeah, okay. we can we can also see the live games. Not only the Chinese team. Uh, maybe, uh, for example, uh, Group H, uh, we can see Europe to uh, uh, Europe and Paul Holmes match. Okay. Uh, we can see also in uh, the TV show. Yeah. Okay. That, that's good. In, in Korea, we can't even see Korean teams matches. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why? B- baseball. Because <laughs> of baseball. Baseball was more important. They're always showing baseball on TV. They, they don't show. They like this for uh, more, more than football. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Yeah. The, in in reality, the same chat, like two different channels, will show the same baseball game, and nobody shows the football. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. It's very annoying. That. It's not good. But but in Chinese, uh, but but in China now because uh, our president Xi Jinping. He loved football so much so that uh, now all the football games we can we can see live in, on on TV. Yeah, and all the, the the football games will involve some political elements. You ah, know, okay. China, yeah. Traditionally, Chinese teams have been a step behind Korean and Japanese teams in the ACL, and up until last year, apart from Guangzhou, the other the other Chinese teams have been weaker than the Korean and Japanese teams. However, just recently the Chinese league got a massive TV deal giving them giving the clubs a, a big budget for spending on foreign players and we've seen some of the, the uh, secondary Chinese teams 
making some very big name transfers. You mean that because they use many money to to buy some large name famous players, so yes. they they won't have the interest in the Korea's best players. Right. I mean, up until now, they've taken Korean's Korea's best players. Yeah. Uh, but now it seems their focus turned to uh, some of the best players in Europe. So. But they still, but they still put an eye on the Korea's uh, good players. Maybe I I heard some news about uh, two or three Chinese teams have, have the interest on Sun. The Tottenham Spurs Korean player, yeah. But I mean, they, they want to bring the player to to CSL. But but I guess e even in the case of the the Tottenham player Son, he's he's based in Europe, right? Rather than mm. they're not they're not. I mean, in the last couple of years, I mean, e even uh, last winter we saw Jiangsu taking Escudero from Seoul. Last summer we saw uh, Herbei Fortune taking Edu from Chonbuk. And th those were both kind of big name losses to the the K League, and they've been players that have played in the CSL for six months or twelve months and been discarded. Mm. Um, and uh, Hardy Song and Dayan at Beijing came from the K League, and now they've both left the the CSL. Yeah. So it, it seems that the Chinese league's focusing more on relatively big name players in Europe rather than players mm. in, from K League. Oh, maybe I think, yeah, maybe. Yeah, they want they want the people to know their name, and they have a they have a boss behind the team, and the boss want the people know his name, and he has a fame to 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 uh, invest in football, and because of the political elements, yeah, I mentioned before. So the bosses, um, most of them like to in, like to do some invent, investment in football, okay. and then they they want to buy the famous big name players and from Europe and to spread his name, yeah. Because yeah. in the Chinese people's mind, they they just want the others know his name. Yes. Okay. That's okay. the most important thing to do. He can use many money, use many people to 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 do this thing, to to do anything, to to let uh, more and more people know his name. Yeah. So last year uh, we talked about Jiangsu uh, uh, and how uh, they have Petrescu as the as the manager. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Last summer, they they almost uh, hired. FC Seoul manager uh, Che Young Soo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you, Do you think uh, he would have been given the same money as Petrescu? Do you think he would he would be able to buy Ramirez and Trexia? I don't think Cho Young Soo will 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 take the place of uh, Petrescu. So you think if Che Young Soo had, had accepted that job in the first place, mm. he would have left by now? Yeah. Uh, if he, he don't left now, he will left uh, maybe half and a year later. Yeah, just like uh, do you know Li Jiangju? Uh, before Li Bi, before Li Bi. Ah, uh, okay. Manager. Yeah, he's a Korean yeah. coach. Yeah, I know you. Yeah. 
I remember that from. And he he coached uh, he coached the team to qualify to the next stage in ACL, and then sack that night uh, oh, wow. just in the airport. Yeah, Evergrande told him uh, he has not the 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 power maybe and to to coach the the famous players. So uh, they must hire. Uh, a better coach to 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 replace him. So, yeah, so that has the ability to 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 coach that team. So it's the, the staying of the the club. Yeah, so at that time. So if Choi Yong Su uh, take the job last year uh, to do the Jiang Su uh, the manager job, then I don't think he he will coach. Like Robin Lace, uh, like Joe or or Chesla, uh, long time for long time. Okay. He won't coach them for long time because um, because I hear that Jiang Su is searching uh, some famous coaches to to come to CSL. Now they are still searching in Europe. Yeah. So he, so they want to replace Petrescu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Petrescu uh, will not do long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess that, yeah, because um, some, uh, maybe journalists uh, in, in Europe tell me that they, they heard about uh, Jiang Su's name because uh, that Jiang Su is searching some some coaches. Oh, okay. They could, they could always go back for Che Yong Su. <laughs> please, please take him I away. But Chiu Su is not not famous and uh, not popular in, yes. in China, you know. Uh, he, in he did some words and, and uh, maybe in 2013, yeah, yeah. when when he coached the the Seoul FC Seoul to to come to Guangzhou, uh, he say something not 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 so polite. Ah. The Chinese banks, yes. Yeah. So yes, he did. Chinese banks pay him. Yes, yes, he did. Yes. <laughs> and now in in, Ch- in the Chinese in Chinese second division, you have Hong Yongbo. Ah, ah, Hong Yongbo in in Hangzhou. Yes, they're in the second division now. But Hong Yongbo is popular in, in China. Yes. Yeah, the, the Chinese banks like him. Yeah. Seoul played because against Hangzhou. Because when he's a player in in the national team, right? Yes, yeah. yes, he was. He was. He was a hero. He, he, he was a legend. Sco- yeah, he, scored the he, winning he penalty against Spain. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Well, while we're talking about, um, you said that, for example, Che Yong Su doesn't have a good reputation among Chinese fans. Mm. Uh, among the among the teams in Korea, are there any teams which Chinese fans sort of respect as a, a strong opposition? Maybe Jambak. Jambak. <laughs> okay. Okay, what is the, is there a specific reason for that? Jamba is the, the 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 most most fear opposing team <laughs> in China. All the Chinese teams think Jamba is the the biggest opponent of them. Okay. Yeah, because Jamba has um, has some balance in in not only offense but also defense. Ah, uh, yeah, they they do very well in okay. all these aspects. Okay, okay, cool. Maybe all the Chinese media uh, 
all has this um, opinion that Jiangbao is the biggest opponent of the Chinese team. Finally, let's have a quick chat about the J League. Jamie, you, you've watched the K League. You know that like you're obviously you know that like you're a big um, Scottish football fan as well. Like, where do you think that the J League kind of stands? In, in regards to those two leagues, like, do you think it's a is, is it a good league? Is it a competitive league? Like, what do you think? It's a fantastic league. I it certainly is. Um, it's certainly competitive. Um, it's it's got a real sort of hardcore fan element. Um, it differs from the K League in some respects, in, in the sense that in, in terms of you know the fans, uh, there's certainly a lot more of them. Um, you know, spread evenly uh, over the clubs, um, and I would argue that maybe in recent years it's been a wee bit more competitive uh, than the K League has been. Um, in terms of match day experience, uh, I still maintain that the Japanese league, you know, having having been lucky enough to go to games in you know, uh, you know, Korea and, and Hong Kong and Scotland, England and across Europe, I still maintain that the, the match day experience for J League fans is is second to none. Um, and I think the league itself is, is an extremely competitive league. Um, you know, you only need to look at you know the teams that have won it over the past few seasons. And you know, whilst San Fredchi have, have done pretty well, San Fredchi Hiroshima, um, it's a competitive league, and, and it still sort of feels midway through the season most years like like it's sort of anybody's to win. And, and if you look at you know Gamba Osaka in 2014, um, I think they were bottom of the league at the midway point and or, or there or thereabouts and, and actually rallied and managed to, to come back and win the league. So it's a you know it's a very, very, very entertaining league and it's an excellent sort of match day experience for fans and of course it has its issues like you know, like any other league. But yeah, I think the league's in a healthy place just now. I think okay. I think it's doing okay and I'm looking forward to seeing the teams in, in this year's uh, Asian Champions League. And they, I think that you mentioned there about Gamba being, you know, uh, bottom of the league at the midway stage, you know, and then rallying and winning it. Like, do you think? I mean, obviously the J League has that sort of convoluted um, way of winning the title. It's not just you know the team that finishes top. You know, it's like there's about then five or six teams that play off, and it goes on for a good few weeks afterwards. Like, do you think, in terms of that system, do you think that's a good? Uh, kind of system do you think it keeps that league competitive or do you think it kind of makes it a little bit confusing as to whether San Frecci are the best team in Japan or whether it's Gamba or whether it's Yuraba like what do you think um I mean, it's hard to say. You, I mean, I come from the, the same background as you in that respect, but it's the sort of the Scottish league. You play each other four times a season, and it can be a wee bit sort of boring after the, the second or third game, you know. Um, Initially, I was I was very opposed to it. Um, I didn't really like the idea of these sort of playoff games taking place to dictate who was the best team in the league. Um, I liked the idea that the, the G League was, you know, however many games, and at the end of the season, the best team, you know, won the league. Uh, I mean, whether or not the best team won the league last season, I don't know. You know, Oraba were excellent in the, in the first stage. Um, Gamba Osaka were, you know, looking sharp at the second stage, but ultimately sort of succumbed to, you know, two goals in the last 10 minutes to the, you know, the first leg you know, of the actual sort of final mm. uh, from San Frecci and, and that you know I mean whether or not San Frecci were the best team last season I, certainly wouldn't you, wouldn't you argue that they, they weren't but um, you know I think with, with the, the two stage system is done I mean it was only implemented 12 months ago in Japan or, I think what it has done is it's created more big one off matches and I think what what the goal of the two-stage system is is to try and attract the casual fan. Um, just completely my own opinion, but I would argue that you know the, the J League has a, 
core of fans. Um, teams like you know the team I follow in Japan, Yokohama F Marinos, and you know, and, and teams like Gamba and that sort of stuff. They've got a sort of core group of fans of maybe twenty, twenty-five thousand who attend you know most home games. And uh, I think what the what the league are trying to tap into by establishing the two-stage system is is that wider fan base. You know, those guys that would, would tend to tune in for a game here and there, mm-hmm. or you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, like in Korea, where fans are more sort of used to that baseball style of sport, where you know the game can be quite boring for four hours, but you're waiting for the bases to be loaded and your big hitter to be walking up. Yeah. They're waiting for that big one-off game, you know, that one moment where it's all that exciting. And actually, I think one of the the guys on Twitter, um, who's a photographer, journalist, the Japanese football Dan Olivitz, he commented last year that during the the, the final of the league between San Fredchi and Gamba, which is a two uh, two-legged game. Um, the actual TV commentators didn't really mention that there was a second leg. Okay. So, you know they were so keen to, to kind of catch up and, and catch on to that fan base that would maybe catch, you know watch a, a big one-off game. Yeah. They sort of neglected to mention that there would be a second one after that. You know. Okay. To kind of get these viewers. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's interesting. I didn't follow the G League when, when they lasted a two-stage system. Um, so it's kind of new to me as well. To be honest with you, you know, I've only experienced it really. You know. In, in, with the K-League sort of thing um, but it's kind of new to me um, as well and uh, it, was, it, was, it was quite entertaining last year I've got to say it was, okay. it was quite good fun to watch those big one-off games at the end of the season um, so I, I, mean, I would say it's, it's quite fun overall um, to be honest with you it's quite an exciting way to finish off the season certainly but whether or not the best team in the league overall I couldn't really say you know okay. You mentioned Uraba Red there uh, and how they they had a really good first half of the season last year. Uh, that would coincide with what uh, I'm assuming they would uh, class as being a pretty dismal um, ACL campaign. Uh, I actually saw them at, at, at home, sorry, I actually saw them away uh, in, in Suwon and uh, they were pretty atrocious in that game. And there's always been this idea or this kind of urban myth, I guess, that Japanese teams don't really take the the ACL seriously, that it's not really uh, an important tournament for them. Uh, do you think that's true? That, I mean, do you think Japanese fans or Japanese teams focus more on the J-League, or do you think that the ACL is an important tournament for them? Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty evident this far that it's it sort of looks as if Japanese teams see it as sort of one or the other. Mm. Um, I was reading uh, an article for the Japanese sort of sports journalist uh, Ken Matsushima during the week where he made the point, um, I think it was four of the past six um, winners of the J-League didn't participate in the Asian Champions League in the season that they won the league. And he notes that in one of those uh, one of the seasons, which is 2013, when Sanfrecce won the league, even though they competed in the ACL, in fact, they were sort of... They were sort of criticised for playing a really, you know, a second string team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of games in the J League, and then on top of that, you've got the the Nabisco Cup, you've got the mm-hmm. Emperor's Cup. You know, there's a lot of games to be played, and the Nabisco Cup is quite strange, and it's a sort of league cup, um, but it's played in a group format. Yeah. So you play quite a few games in the early, you know, the early parts of the season. Um, it's quite, you know, as I say, it's quite strange that Uraba um, performed so poorly in the ACL last season because. You know, they finished, I think, six points clear at the top of the, you know, the top of the first stage. So, yeah. you know, they're a good team. They're evidently a good team. So they just sort of failed to perform, you know, completely uh, in the uh, in the ACL last year. Uh, that being said, 
you know, they've got a good squad there. You know, a good squad of players, and they've got, you know, they signed a, a striker Ishihara from San Fredi Hiroshima at the end of 2014, um, who pretty much picked up a, a knee injury that ruled him out for the whole season, okay. um, really early on in the year. And you know, guys like that coming back and they've signed a few guys, you know. Signed a, a few guys from, from abroad, which isn't really their style. You know, they, they tend to have, certainly in recent years, predominantly had a, a base uh, of Japanese players in their squad. Um, you know, they've sort of signed a few guys who maybe will strengthen that squad a wee bit, and mm-hmm. I, would, I would certainly like to see them do a bit better this season. You know. Okay. Um, so, like in terms of like football in in Japan, um, do you think that is is football televised often? That you've been in in. Korea, and you probably noticed that in Korea that, you know, if there's a baseball game on, it's on like, every single sports channel, and there's no football anywhere yet. Um, is that the same in Japan? Because I know the Japanese love baseball as well. Or is football, like, seen as being something worth being televised? Okay, I can kind of speak in my experience that mm. it was quite similar to, to, to what I found in Korea. Um, pretty much every second channel that you switched on had a, had a baseball game on it. Um, what I did find, though, was that the, the coverage that you did find of Japanese football was was pretty good. Um, again, my Japanese is pretty, you know, it's pretty basic, but but, but what I was able to find on TV was was certainly a, of a good quality. Um, funny again, you know, a lot of my friends who speak Japanese know that the, the commentators and that sort of stuff are very critical of of you know of referees and offside decisions uh-huh. and that sort of stuff. But certainly, for, you know, again, for my sort of very basic understanding, it seemed like the coverage was was pretty good. Yeah, it seems like there is quite an appetite for football and. And again, maybe maybe by, by adopting that two-stage system, they are trying to adapt. You know, they're, they're trying to pull into that crowd more that who you know who would watch a game three, four times a season, or who would attend the game mm-hmm. three, four times a season. And I think um, in 2013, when the team that I follow, uh, F Minos, um, when they go to the, the second last game of the season, they played at home, uh, and they play at the uh, the Nissan Stadium. Yeah. And, uh, and that's a 72,000 seater, and uh, I think they pulled in a crowd of. I think it's either sixty-two thousand or sixty-eight thousand mm. um, for that, you know, for that home game. So I think there is a real appetite yeah. for the Japanese public, you know, for football, and certainly there's a huge support of, of local teams, you know. Um, so I, I mean, I would say that it's, it's a sporting nation, and they enjoy their football. And, and again, for, for what I can gather, they, they certainly seem to enjoy, uh, you know, watching on TV and attending. You know, it tends to have a good, a good uh, average attendance in mostly J-League games. Okay. But you mentioned there about that crowd at um, F F Mariners. Like, I think I read somewhere recently that there was a, a university match, I think it was, and it pulled in 45,000. <laughs> the, the university <laughs> cup final or, or something. I, I, it was um, I think... a guy I follow, uh, uh, J Soccer Magazine, was at the game and he was just like, amazed. There was like 45,000 fans to watch a university final or something. Like, pretty incredible. I, I think that was actually a high school final. High school final, yeah, maybe high school. I, I know Alan Ivers, Alan, uh, Alan Gibson. And yeah. Uh, Fantastic J Soccer uh, magazine, and, and I, I certainly I would believe him. Uh, I certainly could see that, you know, um, a huge crowd supporting a, a local sort of school tournament, that yeah. sort of stuff, or a national school tournament. I could, I could absolutely see that happen in Japan without a doubt. That's amazing. amazing. Um, 